your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 220 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week features the return of Travis Vengroff, one of the main creative forces behind the Liberty franchise, which is a multimedia one and provides all kinds of things, including audio podcasts, as well as comic books, among other things. This week, Travis is back to update us on how things are going, including the new Kickstarter campaign, which is about to kick off on Tuesday, March 15th. He talks about how he brought together even music in a motion comic that they're going to have coming out. And you'll hear some of that music as the intro and outro for his interview. Of course, Travis has a lot of good things to share about the creative process and things that we might expect from Liberty in the future. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to, so let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the podcast, Travis Vengroff, the leader of the Liberty Multimedia franchise, which includes, goodness, uh, audio podcasts, comic books, other good things. How are you doing today, Travis? Doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. Talk with you again. And, of course, if people haven't found out about Liberty, where do they go on the website? Uh, which websites do they go to? Uh, TheLibertyComic.com or Facebook.com slash TheLibertyComic. Okay. So it's been a little while since we talked. Why don't you update us on how the franchise is doing? Okay. Since we last spoke, actually, we were thinking about maybe doing a zero issue. And actually, we've made that zero issue. Um, A guy in New Zealand and myself, I would work during my day and then he would work during his day. And by the end of December, we had an eight-page story put together. Wow. So it's a prequel. Yeah, it's before our first issue. It works really great for me because I get to see what it's like, the printing process. I get to experience that again for the first time in, I think, five or six years. And uh, also I get to introduce myself to potential readers of the first volume. Great, great. Now, for those people who may not have listened to the previous interview with you, why don't you talk a little bit about what the franchise is all about? What is Liberty about? Sure. Liberty is a sci-fi post-apocalyptic world. It's a colony far away from the planet Earth, and it's got sort of like a Tolkien-esque depth of detail. I've put a lot of time and effort into really developing the world into more of science than fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with a team of artists from around the world. Actually, I have a new continent now I'm working with. I'm starting to work now with an ar- artist from Africa, which is mm. kind of cool. Wow. How'd you find that person? Actually, I was Googling different artists who specialize in sequential work, which is its own unique style, certainly. Mm-hmm. And I found someone from South Africa specifically. I'm trying to remember what 
if it was Johannesburg or not, but it was really cool. And his art really struck a chord with me. And it's, it's kind of exactly what I'm looking for, for a couple of guest sequential pages that are supposed to be from a different person's perspective. So I think having a different artist for those few pages from the perspective of the villain of our story would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Is this the person who's doing the Zero issue? No, but he's doing a couple of pages as well. That's Casey Bailey from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. But he's working on us with the Zero issue as well as... He does a lot of the continuity stuff, making sure that every scar is the same across the entire series or making sure the guns have the right lights. Very good. Very good. So when is this going to be available again? Actually, we're going to be kickstarting it, the first volume, on the 15th of March, and then it'll be out in October. Wow. So it's not far away, this Kickstarter. Yeah. A big thing about it is why I'm doing it so early and printing it a little bit later. Diamond requires, I think it's like almost six months of time before you can distribute through them, which is what I'm hoping to do, fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a big goal of mine is to have people who are kickstarting the comic actually drawn in as meaningful characters. There's cameo levels as well, but like Mm -hmm. they could be fighting with the game characters or against them or maybe even killing one of them. We've got a tier specifically for if you don't like one of the main characters, you can be the person that kills them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty cool. So you're going to be a diamond. What... Because you guys have been basically, you you sold them, basically they've been online before. So how did you decide to go to Diamond? It's basically the only way you can do national distribution, shy of calling every one of the (laughs) 3,000 comic book stores uh, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that, too. I've been just calling down a list on and on, but it's not quite as effective, I think. A lot of them ask, are you in Diamond? And I... Uh-huh. For the zero issue, I've been saying no. Uh-huh. Very cool. So you've contacted Diamond. You said it's going to be uh, several months before they can do it. So it'll be a while before this actually hits the stores, unfortunately. Yeah, it takes time. They also have to see the finished product, and our first issue is completely done. Uh-huh. I think I was looking at the lettering last time we spoke, uh-huh. and we're finishing up issues two and three. So we'll have 120 pages done wow. probably by... I want to say like early April. I'm hoping to have it all done. Great. So let's see. That'll be available. Now, are you going to collect them all into one book? Are they going to be available in separate issues? How are you going to do that? I'm hoping to do a single volume release. It saves a lot of money on marketing three books. I make one sale and make just as much money, and Mm. I don't have to sell three times to the same people. And they also get the whole first story arc instead of it being broken up into small segments that are a little bit more disjointed. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be good. I remember reading the books and really enjoying them. And the fact that there were, there's a lot of science involved too. Your buddy Caitlin Stats is involved with that. She helps with all that. So it keeps you guys yeah. all on the straight and narrow when it comes to science in the science. Absolutely. Actually, uh, additionally, in two weeks at C2E2, which I'll be seeing you at, uh, we're going to be doing a release of our Zero issue as well as a fringe iconography guide. So when you see symbols and stuff in the backgrounds of our worlds, Mm -hmm. there's this ethnographic Mm -hmm. explanation for what the scientist who sees them thinks them to mean. Mm -hmm. Cool. Very cool. So they'll be there too. So that's really good. So man, I'm really glad I'm going to be at C2E2. I'm going to get to see all this good stuff. And if you can't get C2E2, it'll be Diamond will be the way to go, right? For the Zero Issue, I'm, yeah. I'm just personally selling it at gumroad.com. Uh, and you can just look up Liberty Deception, or you can look up uh, Dossinger Publishing, which is our name. Or there's links on our Facebook page and stuff, and website. Okay. Very cool. So this will be coming along now. Of course, Issue Zero and Issue One. How about Issue Number Two? Are you thinking about what you're going to do with Issue Two at this point? 
actually, uh, issues two and three are bundled up in our first volume. Oh, so be, oh cool. Yeah. Okay, great. I was wondering about that because I remember the thing that I saw was issue one last time we talked. So, yeah, I'm going to have to see all these good things all collected together. Uh, it should be lots and lots of fun. So, like that. We a actually lot. are doing a motion comic with it, too. Oh. Um, with full, like, voice on, with a voice cast. Duke Nukem, or John St. John is his real name. He's doing the voice of our main character and. Lonnie Manella is uh, a couple of other characters as well from Diablo and StarCraft and stuff, so as well that, as a lot of my friends. <laughs> how's that, okay, that going to all work? It's going to be on a website? So it, it's going to be like an Android and iPhone, iOS. It's like a download you can put on your phone, oh. as well as it'll also be downloadable. I'm currently experimenting with it on Windows. One of my friends has a game production company called Astro Crow, mm-hmm. and after a bit of discussion, we decided, like, It'd be a very fun project to convert this comic into a motion comic, and when you see something, you can click it, and a HUD will pop up and it explain a little bit more about what you're looking at. Oh, cool. Very, very cool, because I think that animation and these kinds of things, especially in the day of where a lot of comics are turning into movies and TV shows, you've got to have something like that in order to attract the audience and keep us all interested, it seems. We actually have an insane soundtrack. A guy who does soundtracks to pretty big video games and I think a couple of movies that are like B-movies, not quite Hollywood yet level, but uh, he's a friend of mine. Stephen Malin did the soundtrack, and I'll also send you a track or two maybe to include. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'd like to be able to include it because I think that uh, music, especially these days when it comes to comics and things, I really think that that augments the story real well and helps us, keeps us going along, especially because, you know, the era of video games as we are. And so many yeah. people listen to them, you know, we're kind of used to soundtracks these days. So that's a pretty cool thing. So, wow. So are you going to, like, sell these things on an individual basis, like maybe the soundtrack separately and maybe the video comic? How's that going to work? I'm hoping to. I guess I still need to get a little bit more content. Right now, it's if you're listening to the single, the first issue is really all we have the ability to put into a motion comic form right now. Mm-hmm. But if it's popular, we'll do more, and it would be a full-length soundtrack, whereas right now it's maybe about 12 minutes of music. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just think that stuff, stuff is so great, and it's great that you have these contacts that you can make these things happen with your franchise. And it's just an amazing thing to me how you've turned this whole thing into a multimedia experience for fans. I think that's one of the things that is so great about what you're doing. You're, look, of course, you're a musician yourself, so you know the idea of audio and video and all this being all pulled together. So it's been a real help to you, it sounds like, in making Liberty into what it is. Absolutely. Um, My love of music, the soundtrack has actually been very much like a collaborative experience instead of just saying, you know, I want this soundtrack to sound sort of like this, do this, and then he sends it to me, and then that's it. There's a lot of interactivity, and I can give him very specific notes about what I'm looking for. Like, oh, the violin sounds really good, but could you play it legato or staccato or you know, drop it five decibels? So it's, uh, it's been very specific feedback, and it's been a very fun collaboration. Well, you know, I've got to ask, because I'm into music, you know, background music stuff, and I often buy soundtracks, which I really like. What was your... Uh, intention with the soundtrack because you know some science fiction like the science fantasy star wars tends to go with orchestral sounds and then on the other hand there are other ones that have like hard rock background noise (laughs) and i was just sort of interested as to what you thought what because when you read a book you sort of get a feel as to what it's about and what kind of tone it sets what did you as one of the creators of it have in mind and what did you guys basically collaborate on and of course don't give away too much but if there was a feel or 
kinds of feel you were after. What did you guys work on to make this fit the book? I was kind of looking toward something that was led by an acoustic instrument Mm. that had orchestral elements to it, Mm. possibly some synthetic elements that were more along the lines of Tron as opposed to Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a very huge difference between where you get into those 80s synthesized sounds versus like the current, I'll call them, I guess, modern for us now, synthesized sounds in the aughts. But also trying very much to avoid electric guitar wherever possible. Because <laughs> I didn't want it to have too much of a, an indie rock vibe, which is sort of my background. Mm. So that's where I knew that I wouldn't be able to do the soundtrack myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's good. How did you know this person? I'm just kind of curious. To, to, uh, was he local or was he somebody that's like all this other stuff you're doing? Did you have to work with him over the web? Everything I do is web. Mm. He's out of Atlanta. I thought he was out of Chicago, actually. Um, mm. He moved like four years ago. We've been friends on the internet through various video game music. Uh, He's the video game Piano Man was one of his names back in the day. And I was in a video game rock band called Careless Juja, which I still do music with and Mm -hmm. foreign as. Hmm. Very cool. Now, another thing that you guys have been doing is when I talked with you last, you were wrapping up the first season of your audio drama podcast. Yeah. That's been completed? It's done, and we're now in the process, elbow deep, and writing the second season. We're about a third of the way through, and... Mm -hmm. Every other week now are putting up sort of an interquel show called Tales from the Tower, which are like campfire stories for people in our universe. Uh So instead of being like the hook-handed guy on Fifth Street, it's the time you were on the train completely alone, and then you realized you weren't alone. Mm. It's, you know, what is that horror? So how many episodes are in the first season? We've got 10 episodes in season one and like a, a blooper episode and a QA episode. Mm-hmm. Cool. I always wonder about this is why people don't put these out like on disc, that you guys don't sell them on disc. Of course, you can always download in the era of iTunes. Why would you ever want a disc, I suppose? But I always kind of think that this kind of stuff, especially if you're going to have a video version of a, the moving comic, it would be kind of fun to have all this available in some sort of collection. Are you thinking about releasing it that way? I've thought about it for the podcast, but it's free. So mm. printing them would cost us money. And I'm not mm. sure that people would really want to pay money for something they could just download for free mm-hmm. on the internet. Maybe with the soundtrack one day, if we get more songs together and it becomes a larger uh, motion comic project, that would be really great. And again, if we can do the first volume entirely as a motion comic, because there's an interest, we'll certainly do it. A lot of what I'm doing is just sort of feeling, you know, what do people like? So Mm -hmm. when I I started off, I did my first comic book. People told me they liked getting a whole story instead of just a single Mm -hmm. issue. So Mm -hmm. I I now release by volume. Mm -hmm. Another thing I'm looking at in the future is I'm releasing, which you'll see actually in Chicago, we have these little six-inch statues of our characters, like Mm -hmm. fully painted resin statues that we've painstakingly put together and you know we'll see if they're popular or not and if people really like them we'll do more characters and if they don't like them well this is a cool experiment we could always do stuff with that when you're kickstarter you could always give some of those away if people you know wanted to donate so much money they could get one of the characters actually that's a thing Mm. cool very cool you know it's funny every once in a while you do those kinds of things you kind of think that those kinds of things would be good because i'm talking with some folks they want action figures they're thinking for them their comics i was at a comic store in the orlando area and they had a creators a local creators convention for one day and it was interesting one of them had actually he is a thing called amazing man and he has really just releasing a figure for that and i was thinking you know why more people should do that because I think that people these days especially like to have the visuals 
you know, I, I like to have my little Justice League figures. I have right in front of me, I, as I'm looking right now, are a bunch of Hawkman because I always like that character. And so I was just, I, I'm just kind of curious as to, especially science fiction characters, I think, are ones that just make a perfect thing, are the perfect way to go with those kinds of things. And especially yours because you're very sci fi and, and yet down to earth on a lot of the things that are going on. It'd be fun to have those kinds of characters. Yeah. I'm really hoping to do that, and I've got two of them ready so far. One's going to be a Kickstarter exclusive just because that one is being done by an artist who, in his stipulation of sculpting it, was only so many because he didn't want to do too many. <laughs> but when do we get a Stabity Bunny, by the way? Stabity Bunny plushies. Well, that's in the process. That's, uh, that's of course, uh, what people may not have heard before. That's the independent comic that I help with. I edit a lot of the things, and I'm, I'm there to kind of advise a little here and there. It's uh, done by Richard Rivera and StabityBunny.com, of course. Got to get that plug in. It's delightful. Uh, it's, it's, it was so funny. At this, that same convention we were at on over the weekend, it was amazing how many local people came looking to support independent local creators. And it was just, you know, the, the great thing was that uh, Richard was busy the whole day talking to people about the book and selling books and doing a lot of things with it. And uh, it was just a great thing. That's the kind of thing I wish more stores supported local creators like you. I wish that there were a bunch of them in the area and all the areas. And, you know, there's a lot of creativity going on in Florida as far as comics go. But it really takes some doing to get the, the local stores to support you, which is a sad thing to say. But uh, see, there are like a couple see. good ones. There are quite a few good ones. Uh, I can't say quite a few, but uh, maybe like three or four that I've spoken with over the last month. Mm-hmm. My calling spree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, which area you're from? You're in which area again? I'm from Sarasota, but I basically commute to Orlando for a lot of my comic book needs. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's, that's of course where we are. We're in, in the Orlando, St. Cloud, Kissimmee area. And there are several bookstores up here. There's, uh, i go ahead and mention a couple of them just real quickly. God Monsters is a great one. There's a world, uh, thing called Crumbs World that we go to. There's also the one we were at was Acne Comics up in Longwood. They have a great big store, just unbelievable stuff. And you're, I have to talk with them about your stuff. I might have to get a couple of your printed copies and take them up there and see if they'd be interested in selling them. But I imagine they would because they're selling Rick's stuff. Rick's kind of joined the uh, Think Alike Productions group. And they're selling a lot that. of their books. Yeah, they're, they're joining a lot of his other books. They're selling the agency up there, which is another one of theirs. And a couple other ones too. So all those kind of things. I just think that there's one store I can think of in particular, and I won't mention the name, but they're just sort of like we came, when he came in and walked in with his comic and he said, look, I've made a comic. They just looked at it and went, oh. And, you know, considering all the effort that he put into making the comic happen, it was really kind of discouraging. And it's a beautiful book, by the way. Yeah, oh, it's greatly done, really, really nicely done. So just like yours is, yours is a great book. It's well put together very smartly. And, you know, this is why I think anything that you do, I get this strong sense of cohesion with it. You don't do things sort of like, well, let's throw a comic together. And when you do it, you put the whole thing together. It's like your music and it's like the audio podcast. And all these things, I feel like you are somebody that could be a comics professional, I think, in the long run. Fingers crossed. Yeah, wouldn't that be <laughs> wonderful? So, see, one of the things that's great about like what you're doing is that a lot of the bigger comics companies look at the smaller books, and that's where they call a lot of their talent from. You know, it's like Cullen Bunn. He did Sixth Gun for the longest time, and now all of a sudden he's up doing all kinds of stuff. He's writing an X-Men book on Kenny X-Men right now. And so all these things are, are possible. What we got to do as independent creators is share them with these people, get them out. We got to make sure we send them to people and make contacts in like Image and DC and Marvel and IDW and things like that. We've got to do those things. So that's the know. hope. Yeah. 
Actually, I hear Chicago Comic Con is a good place to do that. I hear all the publishers go there. Yes, that's a great place. I've been there once. I just can't wait to see what it's like now because it's been several years. But they have a lot of talent up there as far as our comic people. So you'll fit right in up there. I think you guys will have a good time up there. You're going to have a booth, right? Yeah, at uh, C2E2, sorry, not Chicago Comic Con. We'll be oh, at uh, a booth. And uh, also, I don't know if I mentioned this before, it's kind of new, but Dave Dorman, who did a lot of the Star Wars covers and he worked on G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. he's going to be there as well. But he also did a variant cover for us, and he's probably going to do the, a variant cover for our uh, our main volume as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculously beautiful. Oh, great. I'll have to look at that. That'll be fun. Good to see. So... So you had your three issues together. You had your zero issue and your three issues. I was asking about if you can do more issues. That still applies. After the third issue and after your collected volume comes out, do you have any more comic ideas coming? Absolutely. Um, I hope to do five volumes over the next couple of years, hmm. assuming I don't go broke before then. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a full story that should last for five volumes that will tell the story of Tertullius Justice, the hmm. uh, pretty likable guy. That's right. the hope. I remember him from reading the first issue. I thought it was really, he's a very interesting character. Very, very, very special. Very something that is unusual in comics, I think. Because a lot of times comic characters tend to be two-dimensional, but he was very three-dimensional when I read it. And it was something I really liked about him. My running gimmick is you'll never see him kill anyone either. He's a very nonviolent guy. He doesn't know how to use guns. He's not good at anything really except talking. It's his, his strength is just dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. Down to earth. Very good, very good. Just be curious to see how that works, because you know, comics, that kind of a person doesn't survive very long. Typically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to see how he survives, what kinds of things he can do to keep going and keep the whole concept moving forward, because that sounds like a fun thing. He's, he's such a great guy. Well, I'm glad you liked him. It's, a lot of effort went into really developing the characters from these two-dimensional caricatures into really people you could see walking and having a conversation with. Mm-hmm. Now, Liberty Deception, is that the name of the first round, like the first three issues and the issue zero? or is that That'll be, be the, the full story arc for yeah. uh, Tertullius Justice. Okay, so the ongoing story will it'll be Liberty Deception. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. And we might have a couple of one-offs on the side. Casey and I are discussing maybe doing a few other short nine or twelve pagers as well, mm. with under maybe a different name. Mm-hmm. Now, can you tell people what Liberty Deception, why it's called that? Uh, I sort of can. There are a few big deceptions that are happening throughout the story. And there's some pretty large plot twists that happen in almost each volume that change the game, so to speak, entirely in very, very big ways. Your favorite characters are now maybe not your favorite characters anymore and maybe never were your favorite characters in the first issue that comes out, it's sort of revealed in a couple of our bios, but TJ is actually an actor. He's not really the action hero that we know him to be through all the other literature that's been out in the world and you know the podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's actually just an actor in this totalitarian military state. He's a propaganda poster child who's supposed to be a military hero, but he's not. He's just an actor. And throughout the whole first half of the first issue, you think he's amazing, and then you realize he's just an actor. Mm-hmm. That's one of the great things about him, though, is the fact that he's not what you expect. You know, I, I, there's nothing better than a good surprise in a comic. So often things are the same as we move through. Like five issues in, you know, the character, the lead guy is the same guy as we first saw him in the first panel. But one of the things you do is, is and I always appreciate this, is character growth and character change. Because, you know, we don't stay the same as human beings as we go through different things we discover things and it changes us and that's what you're going through with your books is you're making these characters grow and change and sometimes they don't necessarily grow they recede 
So that's, that's a great way to do a comic, I think. That's why I really want this to catch on because I like to see creativity along these lines prosper and do well. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, that's <laughs> Our second issue actually is all about he's trying to escape a prison and he introduces himself to five really, really bad people. Mm. And he's going to escape with these bad people under the pretense that their goals are temporarily aligned. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, can he keep their goals aligned long enough for them to escape? And then if they do escape, how much longer does he want to associate himself with these people? And keep their interests aligned it deals a lot with character growth and like you said regression in some instances and not everyone's going to make it through i think less than half our cast is going to see the fifth volume that'll be good i love a surprise i love to be shocked i would 10 times rather be shocked and sit there and go oh yeah okay you know i i think that you do that very well i like that in the sense that if you can make characters blossom or change on any level, I just think that that is so different from anything else that the uh, uh, the, the rest of the comics industry is doing. So I like it. I'm glad. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so let's see. You're also a musician, as I well know, because well, you do. How do you do all this stuff? You're a musician. We see you at conventions a lot of the times, and you're also writing and doing all these things. How do you find the time to do all this stuff? Do you guys do you kind of have to have a schedule where, where you don't get a day off, or, except every once in a while? <laughs> How's that work? I don't know. I just um, I do what I love every day. Um, so flipping the other hat, I also play like accordion rock music from video game covers and original folk music, or based on folklore from around the world. But I just do what I love. So most of the time, I'm working on Liberty because there's a, an impending deadline, but it's. <laughs> A lot of the time for me, because I'm not the artist, I'll just say like, okay, here's what you guys are going to draw. Go! And then I've got, you know, two weeks and then till the next deadline. And then with the audio drama podcast, which is still relatively new for me, that takes up maybe one night a week or two nights a week, about three or four hours per episode. Maybe actually one night a week every week. And then I usually procrastinate, so it's two nights on the second week. <laughs> Well, and then pretty, music whenever I have free time. Yeah, well, that's good. See, I think creative people are just the best people in comics. I like to tell the story of there's a guy in the UK whose name is Saitatan. It's kind of French. And he was watching a documentary about how they cut pigs up. Hmm. And he got this idea for a comic out of it. And I was like, how in the world did you do that? What's really interesting, too, is halfway through the book, he does this huge pivot in the storytelling department. This guy ends up being like a, an assassin, but he also does kill pigs and stuff like That's, that. It's it just, I was just, when I read the book, I was like, I've never read anything like this before. But, you know, his creativity is such, when he sees things like that, he could, like he was riding in a, uh, a subway over in, in London, and he noticed this one guy was playing with his hands all the time, like constantly wringing his hands and things. And it turned into. This guy who was, he tends to do assassins apparently. He has this, turns into an assassin who felt guilty about all the killing he had done. And so whenever he was alone with himself or in his own thoughts, you'd see his hands interacting quite a lot because of that. And see, I think creative people like that, I think comics need those kinds of people. I need like the kind of things that you do and the things that Cy does. And all these things are so different from putting on a cape and a cowl, which is, and admittedly, I love Batman. You know, Batman's my cat, my, the guy I like the most in comics. But I love things that are different than what I expect. 
And that's what I felt with Liberty, too. I did not know what to expect. By the time I got to the end of the first issue, I was like, wow, what in the world? So that makes me want to read more when those kinds of things happen. I'm glad. I also need to send you the Zero issue. I don't think I ever sent that to you. It's no, I haven't seen that one yet. So that'll be fun to see. It'll be a fun, <laughs> sort of weird story about these cannibals you kind of like. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always like those kinds of things. So it's great and wonderful stuff. So let's see, let's review where we, we got coming from me. On March 15th is going to be the start of the Kickstarter, right? Yeah, March 15th is our Kickstarter uh, launch date. And then, of course, that weekend right after that, you'll be at C2E2. Passing out flyers, actually, as well. For <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll have to bring some over. We'll have to have some over at the other, because we'll be at the Think Alike booth this time. Now that Stabity is part of that, we're going to be out in that. So you'll be over there. And then after that, of course, you'll be focused on getting your Kickstarter all nice and wrapped up. So that is it going to be a 30-day Kickstarter? I'm not quite sure if I want to do 30 or 40. I, I don't really see the benefits to not doing 40, or if there's any you know, detriment to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like tax season for those of us who delayed paying for our taxes. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. Very cool. So, yeah, that's the thing to do with that. And let's see, that'll be so. We'll we'll know that when you put it up then on the fifteenth. And the way that we'll find your thing, obviously, is to go to Kickstarter.com and to look up Liberty. Is that the place to look it up? Yeah, Liberty Deception. Maybe both words might be needed. We might be the only Liberty. I know we're the only Liberty podcast. <laughs> okay. So, so so the money for the Kickstarter will go towards the book. The money is going to go solely into print costs, mm-hmm. Kickstarter costs, and ad costs, which is basically Diamond requires you to pay money to be visible in right. uh, their previews. Well, you know, I hope it's all successful for that. Of course, you've got your podcast going on, and, and you've got other things happening as well, and conventions and stuff. Why don't we talk a little bit, give a real, a real brief rundown of which conventions you're going to be at. You're going to be at C2E2, we know. What comes after that? So after C2E2, I, I get a brief break until Megacon, which you're going to be at as well, I think. That, in that's May. right. We'll be there. That'll be, a, I think it's a four-day weekend. Yep. And that's in Florida. Yep. And then following Megacon is Metrocon for me in uh, July. Oh, really? That's another, I think, four-day one in Tampa. And then hmm. like two weeks after that is Tampa Bay Comic Con. Wow. I never heard of Metrocon before. I'll have to look that one up. MetroCon's a little bit quirky. It's an anime con. It's been a good crowd for me. I, I've been involved with MetroCon as uh, part of their production and uh, with the music side for maybe the last seven years or eight years. Nine years, actually. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay, wow, that's great. So uh, then let's see. We saw you at Magic City as well. So after you get to Tampa Bay, do you have a break until Magic City or is there something else coming in there? I'm actually hoping to do New York Comic Con. Uh, that's, that's my big push i want to release the comic at new york comic-con and uh one of our artists has a booth there and he said that if we don't formally get a booth as the publishing group uh, for the comic he'll let me sit at the booth and sell our comic cool very cool new york is a great place because you have a whole big section of indie comics people and people who go to that section usually want to support indie comics, so which is a real nice thing to have. You know, you've got your media guests and you've got your DCs and Marvels booths and stuff like that. But you also have a big section, like with Think Like, and with other things, all different kinds of comic companies there that are great. So, but you get, you'd fit right in there with all that. Now, if you go with him, would he be an artist, Alley? I think he would. Uh, Raymond Bermudez. Um, okay. I think he gets, he's got like two or three booths, but yeah. Okay, so I have to keep in mind. You have to remember that because sometimes people are looking for indie comics, look for independent comics, look in the indie comics section, but then sometimes you do have to look for the artist or the writer, and they'll be in the artist alley, which is a big room. I've got my fingers crossed, though. Like I've, I've been chatting with the people for a while. They don't mm-hmm. officially you know, sell them for, like I think, another month or two. Mm. 
And then uh, once I confirm that, I'll be able to say like, yeah, we're in Indie Press. Or <laughs> now we'll be at Artist Alley with uh, Raymond Bermudez. Either way, it'd be great to finally meet him in person. We've yeah. never actually met. Well, see, that's the funny thing about these things. The first time that uh, Richard actually met the artist on his comic, uh, Dwayne Biddix, was when we went to Heroes Con. It was the first time, and they've been working for months on making the comic happen. So that's one of the great things of conventions is that we all get to meet each other. Yeah. <laughs> this is great stuff. So, okay, so that's good things. If we want to keep track of you, like let's say you and I don't get a chance to chat for a couple months, your website that we should go to to keep track of you is where? Sure, thelibertycomic.com. Okay. Or if you're a Facebooker, facebook.com slash thelibertycomic. Okay. I kind of update the website every month or two, and then I update the Facebook page like okay. weekly. Very good. Very good. So you don't have a Travis Vangroff website yet? No, no, I'm not okay. that famous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because everybody, it's just funny how some people have websites and some people don't, and you have to know the product. So that's why I want to make sure people know how to keep track of the good stuff that you're coming up with and the latest news that you're up to. So, you know, it's Thank good you. stuff, Travis. As always, it's good to talk with you, and much success as you go forward. We can't wait. We'll be in there helping and supporting on your Kickstarter when it starts on March 15th, and we'll see you in C2E2 amongst other places. So, man, you keep it up, and I hope that people will make an effort to get out and listen to you play music and uh, get to support your comics and good things like that because oftentimes like we were catty corner away from you in magic city and a lot of people would come by and hear the music and they'd stop and they listen to you play music which was kind of neat so uh, those are good things and we have the popsicle stick puppets as well that right helps. that's true yeah you do little <laughs> plays and stuff with those too man it's always uh, entertainment you, you just don't know what kind of entertainment we're going to get when you get to your booth so that's great stuff so keep it up, Travis, and we'll look forward to talking with you again and seeing you very soon. And it's Liberty Deception and Liberty Critical Research is the audio podcast. So keep up with Travis Van Groff. You'll enjoy what you experience. So do that and keep it up, Travis, and we'll look forward to seeing you. Hey, thank you very much for having me again. Appreciate it, Wayne. from the comics universe news 
interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this week. Be back next episode when I'll have another terrific conversation with another wonderful comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics. Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.